0: Welcome to the Pactum. I'm Pat Abendroth with Mike Grimes, and today we have a special Pactum Responsum where we respond to your good theological questions. Right. But, Mike, it's not just any pactum responsum. Oh, it's not? No, it's a spicy Ooh, pactum responsum. Spicy. How about that? I we- like
1: the spicy episode. That's
0: right. We are going to be talking about law and gospel. We've got all kinds of things to talk about. But before we get there, we do have a little bit of spiciness to introduce everything yeah. with. And that is because I have from the pactum verse, some friends of the pactum, some special. Hot sauce. Ooh,
1: special yeah, hot sauce. Yeah. We're sampling hot sauce today.
0: That's right. I've got two different bottles here. I had three, but I used a whole bottle of it.
1: You used a whole How bottle. How about that?
0: So see if you can pronounce the names of those two. Okay. But those hot sauces are from Pactum Verse members, supporters of the Pactum. I was in Ohio this last week with Pastor John Tucker. Oh, and Tucker. this where that came from, huh? Yep. And there right. were church members there who wanted to make sure that Mike Grimes... On air. On air. Tested it out. <laughs> now the pressure's so, on. Okay. That's right. So I have two there. What, tell us about
1: it. Let's see. This first one, it says it's called Piscaya. I think that's even how it says you're supposed supposed to pronounce it here. Piskea. Okay. It is it's a family a cross, show. It's a cross between a hot sauce and a fresh salsa, Caribbean-grown scotch peppers oh, Add smoky yeah. sweetness and heat.
0: That's right. Ooh. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Okay. That's so, the first one. And the second one,
1: one is... Sea smoke habanero sauce.
0: So, since you are allergic to shellfish, I check. There's no shell. I'm looking. Shell- I no, see, I see the crab on the front, were used <laughs> the in the testing on the of this product.
1: Not a crab. It's a lobster.
0: So we're gonna see like Mike's head swell up like. I Hitch. say
1: this. Does, we're, we're sure. We're I'm sure. sure. I'm okay. sure. Okay. This one does. it have a, a little bio here. Sea smoke is made in small batches using only the finest ingredient ingredients. Select habanero peppers, carrots, roasted garlic. Ooh, deep as the sea flavor. What do you think? I am my you, mouth's watering. Are under. you willing to try both of those? <laughs> I'll try both of them.
0: All right. So as Mike prepares the chips over there oh, in geez, the packed idea. studio, guys. what's happening? I'll let him get all that stuff ready. And our first question is going to be this. My pastor asked me not to talk about not to talk with others about the law gospel paradigm. What mm. would you suggest that I do? And Ooh. we're gonna answer that in a moment. It's a spicy question, but you know what? I want to see Mike and okay. I wanna hear Mike try this. Okay. Oh, it's not it's thick and rich and chocolate lick.
1: Okay. First one up is the Pesquaya. Here we go. Oh man.
0: Can you feel it through the airwaves as you're listening to the Pactum today? What it's like. Okay, Mike is Mike is chewing. He's chewing. Ooh.
1: The heat is <laughs> <telling>. <laughs> Oh man. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> oh, so weakling over here. I, I'm okay. going to videotape this
0: because we're going to watch <laughs> Mike die on okay. air. Okay,
1: so that one, sometimes it hits you later, but that one hits you while you're chewing it, and it the roof of the mouth is just like,
0: whoo. So is it flavorful or just hot?
1: I I feel like <laughs> there's so much heat I can't taste. It, oh.
0: The box says uh, Fuego Box. That so is fuego.
1: it is En Fuego. That is En Fuego.
0: Okay. We're going to try the other one now? Oh,
1: yeah. Um, well, you want me to wait? No, I okay. want you to do All it.
0: Right. Unless things really slow down, then you might have to pick it up Ooh, again. As Mike okay. is preparing that one, I'm drinking my sparkling hop tea, Citra Bomb 1. So it's green tea with hops. Smells like an IPA. It is delicious. Ooh. And I'm enjoying that. So, okay. We got the, this one we got the next one. This one smells like
1: it's got some major flavor coming. I'm scared to death on this one. It's Habanero. Here we go.
0: All right. He chews, he chews, he chews. Only on the Pactum are you getting such blow by blow spiciness ready for a spicy pactum responsum. What do you think? Oh.
1: That one is not even close to as hot as okay. the first one was. You know Maybe it's because I can't feel anything anyway. Although I'll tell you the heat's kicking up all of a sudden. <laughs>
0: Which one would you choose to to use on your eggs? Ooh. On your um Espicy Huevos.
1: I probably would choose the sea, C- what is that called? Sea smoke, because, man, I'm having trouble talking. Because, <laughs> it's good, golly, Miss Molly. That is, um, the sea smoke has a little more flavor to me, Whew. but the pescilla has some major heat. So, oh, those are good, though. Wow.
0: I think we could have packed them hot sauce, right? We, oh, we should. What? What? It we would could be have
1: mics, pa- which would be like this the really mild yep. nothing to it and then we have yours like up to level 10 or 12 man, i, I just thought of it pactum
0: inferno oh i like that right? pactum inferno that would definitely work there's
1: an inferno in my mouth whoa
0: nicely okay. done thank you for showing us some love well yeah thank you so much pactum. to our
1: Pactum listeners for that i really do enjoy hot sauce i really enjoy trying different kinds i'm just a major wimp man that's hot Okay. Okay. I, I respect
0: on. you. You you didn't flinch. You, I didn't. I didn't. Mike it. didn't flinch at all. So that's good. I'm well. Not well. Be able to taste anything later, but it's nicely all good. done. Well played. Okay. All right. So what are we going to say to someone who says, "Well, the the leaders in my life, in my local congregation, uh, the elders say, don't talk about law and gospel." Uh, I think I'm going to say, "Well, we want to respect leaders. Yeah, so we yeah, love yeah. we love pastors on the pactum. We're not out to get pastors. We're out to get them encouraged." So what you want to do is love them and respect them, but I I would say appeal to them. So what you want to do is get your ducks in a row. You can listen to our episode on law and gospel and learn things like it's a Protestant thing. It's a Reformation thing. It's not just a Lutheran thing. Uh, the Reformed believed it as well. Uh, the gospel is what God provides graciously. The law is what God requires. So when you're mandated to do something uh, like be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, that's law. Mm-hmm. And Jesus didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill the law. Right. That. That would be a gospel kind of reality. And if we don't have this straight in our minds, we are going to pervert the gospel. No doubt. We are going to blur the two, ruin law, ruin gospel. And we get ourselves in a lot of trouble. And I like to say the Bible becomes this gospel alphabet soup. Yeah. Yeah. So get it figured out in your own mind, then show humility and appeal to your pastors and say, here's where I'm coming from. You got to help me. And, Mm -hmm. uh, I guess at the end of the day, eventually, it might mean a parting of the ways, though we're not right. trying to encourage that. But you've you've got to be at a gospel-promoting, gospel-defending church right? Um, because it's of first importance. Right, yeah. So I, I'm seeing progress and things that encourage me because more and more Christians are recovering this important biblical reality. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's super uh, important. It really is. So show humility, um, show respect but also don't compromise the gospel in the yeah. end, right? Yeah. Is that yes. okay?
1: Yep, absolutely. Well, shall we move on to a second question? We
0: shall, as you still recover over there.
1: I, I keep trying to nibble on a little chips here and there, trying to, I don't know, soak up something. It's hurting bad. Okay, that that biscaya stuff.
0: I, I forgot which one I had, Really, but that is. on sandwiches and chips and things like that before, before the weekend was over in Ohio.
1: Oh. Um, Okay, second question. Sweet. I can try to talk here. Okay, second good. Second question. Uh, hey, Pactum divines. I like That's that. Hilarious. Uh huh. Very um, good. All right, very, this is from very, Evan. Okay. Evan's loving the podcast. Um, he says we talk about God's law a lot and the reformed view of it. Uh, and he hasn't heard us affirm yet the threefold distinction of God's law. So, thinking moral, civil, ceremonial. Uh, would we affirm this, is his question.
0: Yes, we would. And Absolutely. it's nice that people are checking up on us. Yes. So yeah. thank you for making sure we talk about it. Categories, categories, categories.
1: Categories are so important. Yep.
0: Yeah. So three, uh, the threefold distinction we would affirm. This is Francis Turretin, if you want a mouthful and a mindful uh, of things <laughs> regarding the threefold use. So again, if you didn't hear that. Moral, civil, ceremonial, right. um, and so Tertin says this: the law given by Moses is usually distinguished in into three species. Mm. Moral, treating of morals or of perpetual duties toward towards God and our neighbor. So that's the first one, moral. Right. Next one, ceremonial. He says of the ceremonies or rites about the sacred things to be observed under the Old Testament, and then and then and then number three, civil. Constituting the civil government of the Israelite people. So there are some people who don't like the threefold uh, distinction. It's true. It all it all stands together. Right. It is one yeah. law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have to look at it from those three, three different perspectives or you're just going to be confused. So right. don't, yep. be, don't be a biblicist. Don't be hating on that. It's actually very helpful. Uh, and we would definitely affirm that kind of distinction. Right.
1: Okay. Next question.
0: Question number... Three, and yes. this is a long question, but it looks like it's a good question. Yes,
1: it is. This one comes to us from Coral, and she recently started listening to the podcast, enjoys it. Uh, the Theonomy podcast uh, hit on something that she's been thinking about her dad is a biblical worldview speaker, but it seems that uh, to her that, uh, you can, that can easily translate into a manipulative situation where if you think differently about something, then it's an affront to biblical authority. And lately I've been studying a lot of Reformed theology and the more I study, I think that maybe I was raised in a false religion that only resembles Christianity. Interesting. Yeah. My dad teaches that we need to be engaged in our work so that, quote, culture is renewed. He also teaches that Christians need to govern well over the material world in all spheres of human endeavor as appointed vice regents. Is there something wrong with these statements? Also, he recently told me that, quote, Christianity is morality. So I guess I must admit that I was duped all my growing up years. Thank you for your great podcast. Okay,
0: so, you're welcome for the podcast, and uh, we're trying to make it great. It's not we're, not we're not great, but we're trying to make it. We're trying. We're trying. So, hmm, first of all, I guess I don't know if you are... Um, an adult, or or if you're still at home or something like that, I, I just want to be sensitive and careful because I'm sure. a sensitive and careful You person. are, yeah, but very sensitive. So we're just going to assume you're an adult, but if you're still in the home, be extra careful about respect for your parents and that sort of thing. Right. And uh, for all we know, we just have no idea, so we're trying to be cautious and careful. Yep. So we're making an assumption. Let's start by that statement, Christianity is morality, and that obviously should a red flag, yeah, because Christianity first and foremost is not morality. It should lead to morality, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Christianity first and foremost is the good news about what Jesus Christ has done for us. Uh, it's the gospel, so it's right. not about morality. It's not about doing. It's about receiving. And I'm glad you're you're obviously picking up on that mm-hmm. in your question and yeah. the way you formulated your question. So let's keep that straight in our minds. We want to have fruit come as a result of being in Christ. Uh, so the morality does come, but it's actually the fruit. Yeah, it's a fruit. Yeah. So let's have that straight in our mind. Otherwise, we will have a false gospel and we will uh, find ourselves in a different, uh, in, in a bad spot. Yeah. So, and then as far as cu- cultural uh, renewal is concerned, it seems like there's um, maybe some confusion here as far as transforming the culture right. yeah, and yeah, yeah. transforming society and I think what oftentimes happens, and I think this is where you're going, it seems like there's this call for the what we call the dominion mandate. Right. And so sometimes uh, people say we have the dominion mandate, as Adam did, and so that's our calling in the world and in the culture around us. It's not necessarily to preach Christ, it's to change the world, yeah. and cultural transformation happens. And we would be against that. We think there are Christians who f- affirm it. Right, yep. um, but here on the pact, we would say, actually, that's probably not the best look. What's better is to remember that Adam was a federal head. He represented the the entire human race and he was obligated to with the Dominion mandate, but it was specific to him. Mm. He had it uniquely. And now remember this. There are only two Adams. There are only two federal representatives. And so what Adam failed to do uh, Jesus did as the last Adam. Right. Jesus fulfills the dominion mandate, and so that's why we look to Jesus and we trust in Him because the work is done. The work that Adam didn't do, uh, Jesus did, and it comes to us freely. It's not our obligation to do this. Right. Yeah. So I think that's really important, and yet we do have the dominion mandate given uh, again, but. As our friend David Van Drunen would like to say, it's refracted. Hmm. It's not yeah. exactly the same. Sure, yeah. We're not doing it as atoms, yeah, if you yeah. will. Uh, We're doing it as those who are in Christ, and it looks different. Uh, The light looks different as far as our responsibility. We're not doing it to bring about the eschaton. We're not doing it to bring about justification and all of those things. So we want to be good stewards. We want to take care of the world that God has put us in, and there are obligations that we do have. We think Dave Van Duren in his his book, Politics Uh, After Christendom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep so that 's where where we are getting that idea again, the same question has to do with categories, yeah, so Dominion mandate no nope. and yes, yeah, but it 's refracted because we 're in a different position than the first or the last atom, and we 're united to the last atom, so that 's what I would say
1: excellent, I think that 's good, okay. I just want to report we're three questions <laughs> okay. in, and I can feel my tongue again, so if you ever come across this hot sauce.
0: Make, make sure you do Just not record a God. podcast while you're eating it. Three questions in, you'll be able to go for it there, again. There should have been a warning
1: on the label. Like, there should you know, have
0: been. When taking this medicine, you know, don't do drive not motorized drive, vehicles. Yes. Do, not do not record, record podcast. podcasts.
1: You know what's funny, though? Now that I can feel my tongue again, all I'm like, I should have more. <laughs>
0: Ooh. You know, that's, that's good. I might do it before preaching.
1: Hey, that would be Might a fun be a exercise. Positive thing. Yep. That'd be a fun exercise. Absolutely. All right. Moving on. on to question number 4 on this Pactum Responsum episode. This one comes to us from Ryan. And he just recently finished John Fesco's book, Adam and the Covenant of Works. Ooh, we like that book a lot. We do like that book a lot. And he enjoyed the podcast episode we had with him, uh, so he thought he'd ask this question. On page 104 of that book, Fesco offers a taxonomy of different ways Reformed theologians explain Adam's pre-fall state. Okay. And he's having a hard time understanding what's wrong with Luther's view that fesco is describing in the book so the question is what are the possible negative implications of luther's view of adam's pre-fall state
0: and pactum listeners who are not ryan are saying uh okay uh what Whoa. what are you talking uh, about that's... what you talking about willis <laughs> so first of all oh when when john was on the episode uh-huh. um, I think we made fun of him for drinking kombucha?
1: Yes, we did. I do have to
0: confess I'm now been I've been drinking kombucha. <laughs> so, you yeah, did, John, since you're listening What's man. Up? I like the kombucha now, dude. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, I know, super weird. So, anyway, I, let's just make this simple for everyone. Okay. Um, and we'll answer Ryan's question, but let's just what we need to remember is Luther had the law gospel distinction and Luther had a lot of things right and we're thankful that God used Luther. Right. But Luther didn't didn't view things from a covenantal perspective. Correct. Yeah. And so there, that, that's what's different. And it does seem that with those who came after Luther, uh, they had a better way of explaining Adam's relationship with God in the yeah. garden. And yep. it was a covenantal kind of relationship. And that's really what Fesco's getting at. He doesn't provide a lot of elaboration. Right. Yep. Uh, John's not throwing Luther under the bus, per se. He's seeing that he did some good things. But you're going to get more traction. You're going to have a clearer understanding of things when you acknowledge that Adam is in a covenantal relationship with God in the garden. Right. So that's probably all we're, all we're going to do for, for now, lest we really lose people in the, right. in the we, weeds yeah, over it.
1: Yeah, we don't want to get too far into the weeds.
0: Yep, but. so Luther is like us in in that... Law gospel yeah. is distinguished, but he's not, he's, he's not a covenant theologian. Right. Uh, covenant of works, covenant of grace. So it's, it's a different kind of look, a little bit different distinction there. Yep. Okay. Excellent. All okay.
1: Right. Continuing on with our questions here. Number five, from Rich. Uh, he recently discovered the podcast, and it's quickly become one of his favorite yeah. podcasts. Thanks, Rich. We appreciate We're that. We're feeling the love, Rich. Yes. Um, so his question... He would love for us to do another episode on Theonomy, Reconstructionism, and its ties to post-millennialism. Uh, with that being said, though, he says, uh, do we ever think we'll do an episode on eschatology. He knows it can be a divisive subject, but Ooh. he thinks it would be super helpful. Maybe episodes on dispensationalism, postmillennialism, and what he believes to be the historic reformed position of amillennialism. Oh, would check it create? out.
0: Showing his cards. Showing his cards. Rich, the answer is yes. We definitely will do more episodes. We, we plan to do episodes on everything under the sun.
1: Oh, we have nothing but time to do episodes. <laughs> I mean, we're only on episode 66. Okay. We have got time here.
0: So we for sure will um, cover some of those things, and we, sure. we do now and then on, on different levels. Yeah. So one resource in the meantime.
1: Yes. While yeah, you're yeah. while
0: you're waiting, Pactum listeners, if you want to look at the different views, uh, eschatological views as far as the end times are concerned, mm-hmm. I really appreciated the Three Views book uh, yeah. on the Millennium. Yeah. Yep. Edited by Daryl Bach. I, I sometimes I don't like those books.
1: Yeah. Sometimes they're a tough go, but that, I I really appreciated that one as well. I read it and uh, benefited greatly from it.
0: Yep. I think Robert Strimple's chapter is the best one. Yes. And so. Um, For what it's worth, I would for sure read that. And regardless of what your position is, it might help you to understand the other positions. Yep. Uh, so there's that. If you're interested in learning more about, since you mentioned amillennialism, mm-hmm. I think Kim Riddlebarger's book is quite helpful on that particular topic. You can yes. also find uh, his lectures
1: online yes. that yeah. correspond with the correspond book. with it. Super helpful.
0: Yeah, and you know, let's just say you're premillennial and uh, and you read Strimple, you're gonna you're gonna have your thoughts challenged at least mm-hmm. because yep. we're told you know it's always literal and thousand has to always mean a thousand, and yet we find the number 1000 used in the Bible sometimes to be figurative. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to make decisions. Which one is it going to be? Is it going to be figurative or is it going to be literal? Right. And uh, if Jesus says, forgive 70 times (laughs) seven, if someone offends you 491 times, (laughs) then just, you know, forget about it, obviously that's not the case. So right. sometimes numbers are meant to be literal, sometimes they're meant to be figurative, and it's not always easy yeah. to figure it out. So right. for sure, we'll talk about different views in the future. We will talk more about dispensationalism. We have a bit and on our episode, it was on Zionism early on. Yes. Yeah. We talked about it. So that would be a good resource for you if you're listening and want to, wanting to know more about dispensationalism. Uh, but we'll talk more about it in the days ahead. Yeah. Happy to do so. I'm not a big fan of John Nelson Darby, the founder of dispensationalism, just because he was so divisive and so, so divisive. And because he had such a just messed up Christology, I think, and therefore a a very bad view of imputation and justification. And so no, no love lost uh, on, on Darby. So. Okay, let's, but that doesn't mean I don't like other dispensationalists who are nicer. Yeah, but when they're mean, I think you're just like the founder of your movement. <laughs> you're very Darby-ish. It's nice to be nice. It it is nice to be nice. Yeah, isn't that it, it's, nice. yeah, love is a Christian virtue. Let's move to number six, Mike. Okay,
1: moving on to the next one. Then number six, question from anonymous. Ooh.
0: Did they actually say that, or did you just change the name because it was someone related to you? Since we're doing this in your I parents' am basement,
1: a, well. I'm racking my brain trying to think, who was this from that it was anonymous, that I really don't know who it was? Hmm. I, I don't remember. Okay. Uh, maybe if I read through the question, I will. I am just beginning to understand the law gospel distinction from listening to your podcast. Welcome but, to the party. Yes. My question is, is repentance considered law? Should repentance be preached to the lost in gospel presentations, or should we strictly preach faith in Christ? Hopefully we can answer that.
0: All right, I think repentance and faith are two sides to a very similar, if not uh-huh. the same, coin. Coin, yeah. So let's keep that in mind. Yes. But it, it's a fascinating question, mm-hmm. and there sometimes theologians do. This, you're not the first one to ask this question. Let's put oh, it that way. There we go. So We're it's come company. up before. So maybe we would use uh, labels such as when you tell people to believe, uh, let's call that a gospel imperative. Mm. I was just talking to my brother, Mr. No Compromise Radio, Mm. about this very matter, and uh, gospel imperatives. So yes, it is law in the sense that you're demanding that someone do something, and people are morally obligated to believe. And yet, those who have gone before us have have wanted to, I don't want to say soften it, but it's nuanced. And so it it is an imperative, but it's a gospel imperative. And if you think about it, you're you're commanding someone. You're demanding that someone rest. Mm. (laughs) Rest now. Rest. Do nothing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So trust in Christ, but it's a call to do nothing. But doing nothing is doing something. Yeah. And now we're in the weeds because faith is a gift, and so on and so forth. Yeah. But maybe this is helpful. This is from our friend R. Scott Clark, Mm. who is friendly, by the way. Yes, he is. Some people think he's not friendly, but he actually is very friendly. I really think he is. It's delightful. So there you go. And and. I actually really and truly mean that. So, okay, here we go. This is from Scott Clark. He says, as to what to do with repent and believe, Scott says, I'm influenced by the reformed theologian, Caspar Livianus, 1536 to 1587, who consistently treated the imperative to repent as an expression of the law, not of the gospel. Interesting. I'm like, right. Things make you go "Hmm." in contrast, Scott says he treated the imperative to believe as a gospel imperative. The difference lies in the object of each. Faith and repentance have distinct objects. Faith looks to Christ and to his obedience for us. Repentance, however, considers our sin, acknowledges it, and turns away from it. This is why Livianus related repentance to law, which teaches us the greatness of our sin and misery, and faith to the gospel, which announces free salvation for helpless sinners. Hmm. Okay, so we can put a link to that in our show notes. We'll link to that.
1: Yeah, we'll link to that in the show notes.
0: Yep, so there we are. We're dealing with some nuancing that needs to be done. Right, so a nuance
1: there between repent and believe. Yes. Super interesting. And
0: I do think when you look at the sermons, for example, that you see in the book of Acts, sometimes what's emphasized is repentance, but I think it assumes you're calling people to believe also. Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes the call is to believe, and I don't think you can believe without having— Some knowledge of your sin. Sure, yeah. uh, There's the
1: repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. I think so.
0: I think so. One assumes the other, in my opinion. I know not everyone agrees to that, uh, but I'm right. So, (laughs) feeling pretty good in the neighborhood. (laughs) Fair (laughs) enough. We're doing question number seven. Seven. We're rolling on through these here on the podcast. I need some more hop tea.
1: All right. Number seven is from Andrew. Uh, he has discovered the podcast in the winter month of December. Uh let's see. It
0: was um, so important for him that he remembers when 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 I bet he remembers where he was <laughs> when he discovered the Pactum.
1: Oh boy. I don't know. Okay. Uh he, <laughs> he has friends who far prefer the passion and the message translations of scripture. <laughs> okay. I, oh, oh. Huh? I have a hard time. Ex- <laughs> Mike is speechless, and,
0: and it is not because of the Enfuego sauce. <laughs> it's not. It's something else. Uh, I have
1: a hard time explaining to them that they really shouldn't trust those translations for continual Bible use. Can you help me explain so I can pass on to them, or even have them listen? Uh, what makes translations different, and why some should be trusted over others? Okay.
0: Well, we are. We would recommend that you study the Bible from a literal translation. Yeah, yeah. So if you know Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic, hey... Amazing. Awesome. More Wonderful. That's right. It. But we have really good English translations. Mm-hmm. And so use a literal translation. The King James is literal, though it's antiquated English. Right. New King James is literal. New American Standard is literal. Mm-hmm. ESV, literal. All of those would be considered right. literal translations.
1: Yes. So what would like the NIV be?
0: So now they, they refer to that as dynamic equivalent. Whoa. Yeah, that's right. That's so, Anyway, but the idea is it's thought for thought. Okay. So a whole sentence tries to capture the the idea. So I like to tell people those kind of translations don't make for very good study Bibles because they're not very literal. So the translators, they read easier. Yeah, yeah. And, and the translators make decisions. They make interpretive decisions for you. Gotcha. So not a good study Bible. Uh, I prefer that people use one that's more literal, even though it takes a little little bit more work. Sure, yeah. And if I'm honest, I've not spent much time in the message. Um, I don't even know anything about the passion.
1: I, yeah, I hadn't heard of that one. That was new. But to me. Th-
0: there are people I respect a lot who've pointed out some pretty, um, oh, less than wonderful yeah. uh, examples yeah. that come from the message. Yep. So let's let's be serious about this, and let's be serious about our study of God's Word. Right. And uh, I think you can even find a, a better. Real translation that's more respectable than than those, yeah, and uh, I remember years ago going to Saddleback Church in california where where Rick Warren pastored, and basically whatever whatever point he wanted to make, he would just use a different translation, oh really. <laughs> And so every which quote said, <laughs> that came up on the wall, you know, it just, it was like another translation and, you know, it just sounded, eventually they didn't even sound like, sound like they were the Bible. Right. So It's
1: just which one says what I wanted to say. Yeah. Like,
0: so yeah. we don't want to do it that way. No. Okay. Now with that settled and now we're done with the serious part, Andrew, uh, on a lighter note, someone <laughs> did give me a Bible translation. Uh, and here we have a book that is, um, pigeon, Hawaiian pigeon. What? Uh huh. Pactum listener, Pactum friends who used to live in Hawaii gave me this. It's Da D.A. Jesus book. And I have the Hawaiian Pigeon New Testament. No way. So I'm just going to open it up to kind of wherever. This is in Galatians 4. uh, And it says, Paul Tink Plenty bout da glacia brothers on sisters.
1: No way.
0: <laughs> That's right. Before time, you guys never know God. That time, you guys got to do everything the other spirits say. nomada matter, they not real, kind gods. <laughs> you... No way. <laughs> That's right. So I'm not recommending this translation, but I am thankful um, that my friend, Mr. Speaker, gave me this Bible. So... Da Jesus, da Jesus book. book. We we won't we won't link to that in the show
1: notes. No, we won't. That's wild. It's super interesting.
0: And back to you, Andrew. Thank you for complimenting us and for telling us that you prefer your own pastor over yes. us. Yep. Good job. Yep. Yep. Right. Love your local pastor. That's how it's to be done. Excellent. Job. Okay. We're, let's. Should we do one more? or Do let's, we need to wrap
1: it up? I think we can do one more. Okay. And we do have several more questions from our several listeners that we're going to be tackling in an upcoming Pactum Responsive episode. But our final question... In this episode. In this episode comes from Nakula. I hope I'm saying that right, Nakula. Um, Hello, Pactum team. I'm writing to thank you for your episode on law and gospel, a theme I currently am obsessed with. I think
0: think this Pactum... Responsum is obsessed with the, I think the it's topic. a law
1: gospel pactum response it's good episode. I love it yeah I love it um, the talk confirmed a couple areas that uh, nakula has been wrestling with I heard you mention that we cannot mix law and gospel or else we'll end up with galospel. oh I was just yesterday
0: I got an email asking or a text saying can you guys do a can you guys do a shirt
1: Ooh, a Golosable shirt? Yep. So We'd have to ask for the rights, probably, do you think? Who, who didn't Mike court That's where I
0: heard it, but he he probably got it from somebody else. Okay, so
1: we just go for it. And I, do it.
0: I think we can go for it. But this person wanted us to put a picture of John Nelson Darby <sighs> on it, but I think Golosable <laughs> came before that. Okay. But Darby, would, I kind of like the idea of a Darby image on a shirt That'd because be he looks so angry yeah, that awesome. I think it might sell.
1: Yeah, it'd be cool. We could Glossable. give it a try, you know. Hey, we could try. It. Okay. All right. Uh, rest of the question here: What do you think about harmony between law and gospel? Does it exist? Doesn't the effort to distinguish them justify the fact that the two actually are in a harmonious relationship?
0: I think you are answering your question yeah. before even asking <laughs> us here on the Pactum. So we love the question. Uh thank you for sending it. Absolutely. I think they are harmonious. They're just not the same. Sure. Yeah. 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 So we need law. So don't don't misunderstand when we emphasize gospel or law gospel. We need law. We need yeah. it to drive us to Christ and do its duty. But we want it to 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 carry its full weight. Yeah. So that it devastates us, yeah. God requires personal, perfect, perpetual obedience uh he doesn't compromise his law, Jesus didn't come to lower the law or get rid of it right, and so we we want it to care, we want it to to have all of its force, yeah, and then we 're desperate, we look to Christ who did fulfill the law,, yeah. and there's there's the compliment, so right. good job in seeing the need for both, really, yeah, but they 're just not the same,
1: right, yep. Yep. Awesome. I, you know, I think of it like the harmonious. He asked about harmony, Mm -hmm. makes me think music. It's like that law is the dominant seventh chord, and it just drives us to the tonic of Christ. I I was
0: just thinking the same thing. uh, Of course you were.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Imagine that.
0: Well, we want to thank you for listening today. You can find us on all of the typical places on social media, and we are thankful to be brought to you today by Fuego Box.
1: Brought to you by the Fuego Box. The the special sponsor,
0: Fuego Box. It's hot, hot, hot. Yes.
1: Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time on The Pactum.